0: today's episode is all about a kingdom you probably haven't heard about but definitely should have a place with fortifications rivaling the Great Wall of China and with a capital that was more advanced than London was at the time this is a story of the great African kingdom of Benin this is Time Crunch history
1: hello and welcome to Time Crunch a quick history podcast
0: I'm Felicity and I know a lot about history
1: and I'm Ben and I don't uh, I'll be honest I know a bit about this episode already, because it was actually suggested by a commenter on our TikTok. This was initially going to be this week's uh, quick history fact, but then as we looked into it, did a bit of research, it turns out...
0: It was too interesting. Yeah, there,
1: there's too much here for it to be a quick history fact. So there's actually no user history fact this week. This entire episode was submitted by...
0: Or you could say this was a user history fact. <laughs> huh? This is our short history Yeah, the, fact. the entire
1: episode is the quick history fact, <laughs> submitted by... Waste dot of dot, and then a bunch of underscores. So, probably waste of space is maybe how you pronounce that on TikTok. Anyways, so thanks for the suggestion. This episode's for you. So, what makes the kingdom of Benin? uh, I know you talked about it a bit in the intro, but why are we talking about it today?
0: Well, there's a lot that we're going to talk about in today's episode, but one of the most interesting things about this kingdom is that its capital. Uh drumroll please the great city of Benin uh,
1: in the kingdom of Benin. <laughs> yes,
0: very original. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um it was actually the only African city and the first African city to be recognized by Europeans as being a city. They oh. just didn't think that
1: Europeans just walked across all these other African cities and they went, mm, "No,
0: yeah, Not a city. Pretty much, yeah.
1: But Benin was different.
0: Yeah, Benin was so grand that the Europeans were like, wow, this is amazing. This isn't
1: just a city. This is the great city of Benin. Yeah. Okay. So where do we start?
0: Um, well, I kind of want to just give you a little bit of picture of what we're looking at. What does the kingdom look like?
1: Okay, I'm closing my eyes. I'm visualizing. Okay. I'm in my mind palace. You need
0: to visualize the southern coast of West Africa. <laughs>
1: instantly the exact image of the southern coast of west africa gotcha
0: aka southern nigeria
1: perfect yeah i know exactly what that looks like
0: southern nigeria and that's where the kingdom of benin was located okay can you do that pull up some google images (laughs) yeah sure (laughs) so you can think about the kingdom as a bullseye kind of okay or if you're cultured like attack on titan
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> oh it's, it's like several rings of city
0: i'm glad you understand uh-huh, yes exactly yeah. so there's the center obviously which mm-hmm. is the capital the city of benin great city of um benin. and that's the heartland everything is surrounded uh everything
1: sort of cascades out from the the center city yeah okay and so uh, what's right outside of the city
0: so, extending 60 kilometers in all directions is the first ring, which is the territory that's ruled by the king. Oh, okay. Um, and then the second ring is um, territory that's governed by royal princes, and then there's a third ring, which is um, governed by tribes, but they offer tribute to the king.
1: Oh, but they're not, like, directly ruled by him?
0: No, yeah. Okay. So, they're kind of, like, autonomous-ish. Gotcha. Yeah. So, the... History, or the tale of how the Kingdom of Benin was established. It's origin
1: story. It's origin
0: story. Oh my god. Um, It was established in a forested region in West Africa. And the story is really interesting. Essentially, the Kwa-speaking Edo people were the ones who were responsible for founding Benin. Mm -hmm. And as it goes, they no longer wanted their king, who is known as the Ajisos. To rule them. So they asked the prince from Ife, which was an important West African kingdom, which we'll actually talk about a little bit more in depth later. It comes okay. back. Okay. So they asked for the prince from Ife to take control. And he's the one who established the first Oba, which is uh, what we'll be referring to as um, the king mm-hmm. for the rest of the episode, in Benin, who was called Iwika. And he actually was the son of the prince from Ife.
1: Let me get this straight. the The people in Benin didn't like their king. So they go up to this prince from Ife, and they're like, "Hey, man, you want to be our king?" And he went, "No, I'll give you my <laughs> son. He, he'll be.
0: he's already a king. Why is he going to be your prince?" Double
1: king? Would you would you turn down double kingdomness? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's he maybe and, it was beneath him.
0: It's stressful. <laughs>
1: so how did the kingdom of Benin go from you know this little startup <laughs> kingdom to being the great kingdom?
0: Um, it actually reached its greatest power and size under Oba Iware. Also known as Oba Uare the Great. That's how so, you know he was yeah, good. <laughs> that's how you know. Um, who ruled from 1440 to 1480? Mm-hmm. Um, he is the one who is responsible for establishing the hereditary succession to the throne, mm-hmm. as well as expanding the territory of the kingdom.
1: So he he like claimed all the space.
0: Yeah, he made it like a huge kingdom. Mm-hmm. He also actually rebuilt the capital, the city of Benin, and built these like huge walls and moats. So, the height of power for Benin really began during this period. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the Oba actually, from this period moving on, became the supreme political, judicial, economic, spiritual leader for the people. And um, even the ancestors eventually became like the object of like state cults. Oh, like so a like a religious omnipotence. So, like the figure, lineage of it. the
1: Oba became like their gods almost.
0: Essentially, yeah.
1: Huh. So, a, a pretty powerful position to be in. Yeah. In Benin.
0: And respected position. Okay. So, the kingdom really prospered thanks to regional trade. Essentially, the kingdom of Benin acted as like a middle trader between other kingdoms. So, um, it passed on goods that it didn't produce itself, like cotton, uh, semi precious stone beads, which were kind of actually like money. Mm-hmm. And other goods were exchanged between West African people, which included fish, salt, yams, cattle, blah, 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 so
1: they blah the costco of kingdoms
0: oh my gosh i feel like that's a good yeah yeah so they, costco they doesn't like, make anything it just yeah they, the they gather it all
1: in one spot and people would come and buy it from them
0: yeah okay yeah yeah gotcha. so they controlled everything because they controlled a vast like territory
1: yeah so like yeah. They, they have a lot of resources i guess yeah <laughs>
0: they,
1: they know a guy they, they got a cousin saul down in uh, Newark. <laughs>
0: the state also developed a really advanced artistic culture Mm -hmm. um especially and this you need to remember because it will come back later okay uh, especially when working with bronzes
1: it's stored away in my mind palace better remember benin Benin bronzes bronzes.
0: you can look that up and find pictures actually
1: benin we'll put it on our instagram as well yeah
0: yeah these benin's bronzes
1: (laughs) (laughs) these benin's boozey moons these Benin's the brown (laughs) beans These
0: These Benin bronzes included the famous bronze plaques and life-size bronze heads of the obas of Benin. In Benin oral tradition, it was the king of Ife who sent a master craftsman southward to Benin in the late 13th century. And he's the one who spread his, like, sculptural skills.
1: So that's, like, their idea of where bronzes and bronze sculpting came from?
0: Yeah, exactly. Is it true? There is actually evidence that this myth is true.
1: Seems like a weird thing to lie about. It does. So I don't doubt that it's true.
0: (laughs) It's very endomyac, right?
1: what's the evidence?
0: Well, there are points of similarity between the art of the two cultures, and this includes uh, the use of leopards in connection with death and snakes, such as those which entwine the gables of the Benin Palace, as well as the relief from Ife.
1: Oh, so like they have similar inspiration, similar motifs. Yes, it makes sense that they came I know I know art words sometimes.
0: yeah exactly i might
1: not know history words
0: the bronzes of benin i'd like to point out were very like beautiful very intricate like like master crafts craft work like really really well done they were good yeah okay yeah really really good i think good is an understatement but i don't know how else to push the should i put that 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 in my mind
1: palace as well
0: yeah, put it in your mind palace. Okay,
1: so the Benin bronzes were very nice. Very nice. And this is coming back later.
0: Very nice. Because I, I
1: have very limited space in this little brain of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to have to throw away your birthday to make make room for That's this. That's so,
0: fine. You know it's worth it. Okay, it's worth it. Gotcha. <laughs> So, you know, it's a really nice place. So, yeah. obviously, Europeans have to go find it and uh, ruin yeah. everything. Classic.
1: Um, so, we're in the European section of the story we,
0: now. We have arrived at the European section. Great. So, the first European travelers to reach Menin were the Portuguese in 1485 or, like, around there. Um, And i just like to point out that, like, they didn't colonize them.
1: That's surprising.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, they actually were really shocked and amazed by the city, and the city... Of Benin in particular became a a big trade center for them
1: for the Portuguese. yeah, okay. So there was like a respectful relationship almost.
0: you know uh, maybe I don't know we, d- we don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure, but they did have a pretty good trade relationship.
1: Mm. okay. Mm.
0: And I feel like it's pretty good that they like, didn't colonize that. Because, hey, well, like <laughs> points for not
1: being atrocious, I <laughs> yeah.
0: guess. Um, Doing
1: the bare minimum.
0: When the Portuguese first stumbled upon the kingdom of Benin, they were really stunned to find this like vast kingdom made up of hundreds of interlocked like, cities and villages in the middle of the African jungle. They really didn't expect to find this. Mm-hmm. They called it the Great City of Benin at a time where there were hardly any places in Africa that the Europeans acknowledged as a city. So
1: it, was, it, it must have been pretty impressive.
0: It, it was very impressive, actually. Um, they considered Benin City as one of the most beautiful and well-planned cities in the world. The capital... Like the,
1: city the city of, city of Benin. Benin ah, I remember.
0: <laughs> uh, ...was designed and planned according to careful rules of symmetry, proportionality, and repetition, now known as fractal design, which... Um, I'm not a math person.
1: I think I've seen a fractal before. It's like a it's a math thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, that's literally the amount of knowledge I that's know it. about it. It's <laughs> yeah. a math thing. <laughs> so the city and its surrounding villages were laid up it laid out to form perfect fractals with similar shapes repeated in the rooms of each house. And the house itself and the cluster of houses in the village in math were like laid out in mathematically like predictable patterns. So it was this whole like entire city that's made out in these patterns
1: all the way down to like the rooms
0: yeah exactly. so like the
1: bathroom is like pi meters away from <laughs> i don't the know bedroom i don't something.
0: know that much about <laughs> this don't ask too depth questions about the <laughs> math aspect okay this mathematician, Ron uh, Eglash, said that when Europeans first came to Africa, they considered that the architecture was really disorganized and primitive mm-hmm. because it had never occurred to them that Africans might have been using a form of mathematics that they hadn't discovered yet.
1: So it was just too was too advanced too for them. For them. <laughs> they look at it and and they're like...
0: What is this? So once
1: again, they like underestimate the power and strength of African nations and yeah, they're like mm, culture. they're probably just stupid classic man we, we've been doing this for 10 episodes and I'm, I'm sensing a real undertone of, of European <laughs> <laughs> tendencies here
0: so do you remember how I said that Benin city he you know the, Oba Urari the Great had built those walls and the moats. walls
1: and the moats mm-hmm.
0: yeah well, when I say walls, I mean like big walls. Oh, not Big just... old walls. Okay. <laughs> um, the city was enclosed by massive walls in the south and really deep ditches in the north. The walls of Benin City and its surrounding kingdoms are considered actually to be the largest earthworks that were carried out be- before the mechanical era. Um, in fact, at one point, they're four times longer than the Great Wall of China. The Great Wall of Benin also consumed a hundred times more material than the Great Pyramid of Chops, which is a lot of material.
1: That's a lot of ma- I don't know how... Like,
0: b- think about a pyramid. It's very big. It's
1: big. I think, now, think about a Great Pyramid.
0: Very big. Even bigger. Big. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for some context, the wall extended some 16,000 kilometers. I can't really picture what 16,000 kilometers looks like sounds really long
1: okay so picture a thousand kilometers
0: i can't do that i only i can only picture a meter stick that's the max okay now
1: picture a meter stick picture a thousand meter sticks and now picture sixteen thousand thousand meter sticks ah. oh my gosh
0: how that's, many football so, fields is that
1: i don't know american oh God. something something
0: so so ben um have you ever heard of the great walls of benin
1: never before
0: well, I feel like
1: I feel like I should have though. They're Some
0: foreshadowing. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that's because uh, they're destroyed by the British. We'll talk about that later. Moving on. <laughs> Stop pushing
1: things off. I want to hear about it now, man.
0: <laughs> moving so, on. Okay,
1: so. What, what am I throwing out now to make room for the fact that British destroyed the walls? I already got rid of your birthday.
0: Uh, you your can name. just get rid of my name. It's yeah, yeah. fine. <laughs> okay.
1: Replacing the word Felicity with British destroyed the Great Walls of Benin.
0: Yeah, perfect. That's okay, fine. That's good. <laughs> All right, you. <laughs> what now? So beyond the city walls, there were these uh, numerous further walls, uh, which we discussed about creating these uh, rings. And the walls were erected to separate the surrounding capital, and it's like 500 distinct villages. Oh my gosh. Benin City was also one of the first cities to have street lighting, which is really cool to think about.
1: Dude, your town doesn't even have street lighting. I know!
0: Lighting. <laughs> I know! <laughs> we only have horses. Yeah, and you have horses? Gas oil lamps.
1: <laughs> How'd they do it?
0: Um, so they installed these huge metal lamps that were many feet high. And they were placed around the city, especially near the king's palace, and fueled by palm oil. So at night they would light them, and it would illuminate all of the traffic to and from the palace. Cool, right? That's so cool,
1: really cool. So
0: I want to visit. But Did they I have can't. a
1: lot of like midnight visitors? <laughs> well, I guess it was bustling. It was it's, the Costco of a, Africa. It's the capital. Yeah. Right? Okay.
0: Early foreigners actually described Benin City as a place free of crime, free of hunger, with large streets and houses that were kept clean, uh, where every house was provided with a well with a fresh supply of water. Um, the city was filled with courteous, like honest people, and it was run by like a centralized and highly sophisticated bureaucracy. So, yeah. glowing compliments. This place sounds like utopia. Yeah, to be it honest. really does. Um, they had it figured out yeah they really did a portuguese captain observed that and i quote this is a quote, uh, quote quote time great benin where the king resides is larger than lisbon all the streets run straight and as far as the eye can see the houses are large especially that of the king which is richly decorated and has fine columns the city is wealthy and industrious it is so well governed that theft is unknown and the people live in such security that they have no doors on their house do you want to compare this to a European city at the time? Yeah, maybe,
1: maybe doors didn't exist yet. I don't know. <laughs> give, give me some context here. Yo,
0: doors existed. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but if we want to compare this to a European appearance...
1: Uh, oh my wow, god. Good like, words.
0: European? If we want to compare the great city of Benin to a European city at the time, just, you know, so you can get a little picture of the difference. <laughs> um, London, at the same time, was known for as a city of thievery, Prostitution, murder, bribery, and a, th- a thriving black market that, like, made the city you know ripe for crime and exploitation. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like, les misérables doesn't seem very happy. Didn't that
1: happen in France?
0: Oh, <laughs> that's,
1: that's, it's literally les misérables.
0: Okay, I'm sorry, but why are they all British then? That's why I'm confused. Okay,
1: have you ever seen Three Hundred? Even the Spartans are the British, Spartans apparently. Are British. <laughs> Dude, imagine yes. Le, Les Mis, but they had, um, what's his face? The, Hugh Jackman.
0: Hugh Jackman. Hugh
1: Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> they had him do a French accent, and he was like, I am, uh, sad. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Les Mis, so I... Moving on. Okay, so compared to London, place was Utopia.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. What impressed the first visiting Europeans was really like the wealth and artistic beauty and just the overall magnificence of the city. I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like they, there's a lot of really bad cities in Europe at the time. Yeah. Um, so naturally, obviously, uh, European nations saw an opportunity to d- develop trade with the wealthy kingdom and they started importing ivory, palm oil and pepper and exporting guns. At the beginning of the 16th century, word spread around Europe about how beautiful and amazing the city was, and a ton of new visitors flocked from like all parts of Europe, and you can even find like glowing testimonies in like travel uh, journals um, about Benin.
1: So it was like a tourist spot.
0: I mean, as touristy as you can get in the 16th century, yeah, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, you know, it was something that was well known for its beauty and magnificence. Cool. The kingdom became especially well known to European traders and merchants in the late 16th and 17th century when it became wealthy partially due to the slave trade. Mm. So, the thing that I found a little bit confusing when I was doing research was there, was regarding the slave trade, there was actually a lot of conflicting statements in, like, academia. So, I, like, looked it up and, like, I actually found this, like, really old book and I was trying to read it and I was like, oh, my God, this is boring. <laughs> but um, I was, like, trying to find out, like, what's the truth? Like, were they involved in the slave trade or and not? And if so, to what extent? To what extent? So, okay. I came to the point where I'm, like, they were partially, partially became wealthy because they were partially involved in the slave trade some accounts say that they were really heavily involved in the slave trade and that was like their main export other things say that you know the slave trade was like a side
1: like a side hustle
0: kind of yeah it's
1: a really shitty side hustle. yeah and
0: but that they weren't as heavily involved in it or at least that the their wealth primarily didn't come from it Mm -hmm. um this is just a point where you know there's a lot of conflicting things i can't really find any concrete evidence and a Part of me also thinks that some of the, the articles that I read that say that they were heavily involved in it might be a little bit, like, swayed negatively.
1: So so we're splitting it in the middle, and we're saying they partially became very wealthy, partially because of their partial involvement in the slave
0: trade. Yeah, I'm just going to go cleanly in the middle. Yeah. I don't know what the complete truth is, and, you know, maybe we won't ever know what the complete truth is, but yeah.
1: Because, and that's just how history is. hmm
0: huh. I was really flippy-floppy about, like, saying that they were involved or that they weren't anything concrete because i feel like maybe the reasoning for saying that they were was to you know diminish the
1: like the might of like
0: or not, or not the, the, standing. the standing of like such a like a great kingdom like they couldn't have been like without their hands tarnished but at the same time completely denying it might have also been you know yeah. that oh well no obviously like african nations weren't involved in the slave trade so I feel like it's one both sides are too like, like biased so I want to find like a middle. Yeah. History, guys. History. You'll never know the 100% truth because there is no 100% truth, but that's a story for another day. History on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My degree is coming out. <laughs> Benin started to lose power during the 1800s and this was because the royal family members began to fight for power and control over the throne. Um, Civil war broke out, which dealt a huge blow to the administration as well as the economy. And in the weakened state, Benin really struggled to resist foreign interference in its trade network, especially by... Drumroll, please. Can you guess?
1: Wait, Memory Palace?
0: The British. <laughs> the British. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So a desire to control over West African trade and territory ultimately led to the British invading Benin in 1897.
1: Wait, that's a lot more recent than... For some reason, I was thinking.
0: Oh, yeah. 1897. 1897- place, this place was... This, like, kingdom was, like... A thing. Around for a really long time. This isn't, like, an ancient... Well, it, it was. It was around from the 13th century to the 19th century, but that's a really long that's- time. And recent, right? So it's kind of ridiculous that we don't hear about it.
1: Why have we never learned about this?
0: Because nobody wants to accept the fact that Africa and African culture, like, had a great city and or power, any form of power. You know, every time they talk about people talk about Africa, it's always about like the ancient times, you know?
1: Mhm. But meanwhile but they had
0: a huge prosperous city in up until the nineteenth century. It,
1: like literally in almost nineteen hundred it was like still mm-hmm. prosperous and not invaded by Britain yet. Yeah. What took Britain so long, low key? Like usually they're they're on their shit a bit harder than that. <laughs> on,
0: their yeah, on their colonizing, shit. yeah, they're on their
1: colonizing shit.
0: So Britain actually, Benin was actually under threat from Britain for a really long time. Mm-hmm. The British wanted to gain control of Benin so they could get rich selling like palm oil and rubber, obviously, mm-hmm. um, money, so they could get money. And at the end of the 19th century, the Oba actually still managed to man- maintain monopoly over trade, which really annoyed the British. The British ended up eventually trying to force a treaty onto Benin which would make Benin their protectorate obviously they didn't want that like why would you want that yeah. why, why would you be like yes sign this it's not good for you it's really good for me but you have to sign it
1: well that's Britain's whole thing <laughs> you know, look at every deal they ever made look at India oh yikes another
0: episode yeah Um, in response to this treaty, the Oba, uh, tried to stop all contact with Britain, but the British insisted on their right to the trade. In 1897, a group of British officials embarked on an expedition to Benin because they didn't like how the Oba was treating Britain. So they embarked on an expedition. They ended up being sent away because the Oba was busy with a religious ceremony, but they decided to visit anyways, and they kind of like forced their way in. Mm -hmm. And as they approached the border of Benin, a group of warriors drove them back and most of the officers ended up getting killed. This caused the British to launch a punitive expedition in response.
1: I feel like they were asking for it. I feel like this was kind of their goal, you know?
0: Yeah. Yo, they like what? They intruded on someone's like territory, even though they weren't allowed, got killed and then they're like, well, now we have to kill them back.
1: Yeah, they trespass. They're shocked when they're told off and punished and then they're like time to murder
0: yeah so they ended up sending over thousands of soldiers to invade benin at first the benin army army was actually very successful in pushing them back but eventually the british captured the oba and burnt benin city to the ground and the kingdom of benin ended up becoming part of the british empire and british nigeria
1: wait my mind palace is tingling Does that mean... Is this where the Benin Bronzes come back into play? Oh,
0: wow. I'm so proud. Good job. Your mind palace clearly works. I can
1: make some more room for your birthday and name You put my name back.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) What's your name? Oh, my
0: God. So annoying. Yeah, so... In 1897, when the British set, sent the armed expedition that captured the king, they also they destroyed its palace and took a large quantity of sculptures and regalia, including works of wood, ivory, and especially the bronzes. Which I would like to point out, I don't know why they're called the Benin bronzes, because they're made out of brass. I'm just going to point no that way. out. They're made out of brass. Yeah, yeah. I... If someone knows the answer to this, email us because I have no idea why they're called bronzes when they're made out of brass. So some of these objects came from the royal altars for the king's ancestors, but among them were a large number of cast brass plaques made to decorate the wooden pillars of the palace. These plaques were, m- were most sought after and were bought by museums across Europe and America. Like people knew about these plaques and they really wanted them.
1: Because I guess they'd like seen the palace before. And they're really—they've heard
0: about these like amazing pieces of artwork. So the arrival and reception of the bronze plaques caused a sensation in Europe. Scholars uh, couldn't understand how African craftsmen could have made such a work of art, and they proposed some insane theories to explain them. However, research quickly showed that the Benin bronzes were entirely of West African creation without any European influence. And this completely transformed the European understanding of African history and culture and conflicted with their current discourse on Africa. And uh, to this day, the bronzes actually have not been returned to Benin. They are still in many different museums. Uh, One that holds a a large collection is the British Museum
1: course actually <laughs> they have everything that they've ever taken yeah
0: <laughs> yeah um did i like address the fact that like everything was destroyed the walls were like destroyed the no. walls don't exist anymore
1: no you didn't touch on that
0: okay say no okay okay. so t- benin city actually ended up being rebuilt in a different location however you know the walls and it's like p- former glory like haven't been restored and the walls ha- were completely destroyed by the british so they,
1: they went along sixteen thousand kilometers.
0: Don't I don't know.
1: That's not even useful at that point. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's just spite.
0: Imagine just like stomping the whole thing. Oh my god! Yeah. So the walls are no longer, but the Oba still resides in the new city.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we could visit the city of Benin today.
0: Yes, but still. not the original one. It's no. a new city and a new location. It's like
1: new. York.
0: New Benin. New Benin city. city. It's still called Benin City though. Cool.
1: That's the story of the Kingdom of Benin and the Great City of Benin, uh, with walls to rival the Great Walls of China. One of the first, if not the first city ever to be acknowledged as a city by Europeans. And it was so great that Britain had to come along and ruin it. (laughs) Is that a good summary?
0: I guess so, yeah. That's
1: one way to put it, I guess. Um, So if people want to find out more about the Kingdom of Benin and the Great City of Benin, where should they go?
0: Uh, well, R.E. Bradbury is um, a specialist in Benin studies, and in his book, West African Kingdoms in the 19th Century, there is a chapter that is focuses only on the kingdom of Benin.
1: That book as a whole sounds pretty cool. It
0: does, it does. Maybe we'll get some new topics.
1: So, thanks for listening to this episode of Time Crunch History. If you like what you heard, the best way to support us and to help us grow is to share the show with a friend, or... If you really didn't like the show, share it with an enemy. If you want to connect with us, there are a couple of ways to do that. On Facebook and Instagram, we're at Time Crunch Podcast and on TikTok.
0: Wow. Wow. Look at that. We're
1: growing. We post uh frequent TikToks, little facts that we don't post uh or we don't share on the episodes. Uh we have a pretty big community there where people tell us all about stuff and we love hearing from you and uh learning from you. So check us out on TikTok at Time Crunch Podcast. Uh also on Instagram we post uh, photos and other stuff related to episodes so check it check us out there as well you can also send us an email if you like uh, if you're old
0: old-fashioned if you're
1: an old-fashioned at timecrunchhistory@gmail.com at gmail.com send us your cool history fact uh, you know talk with us maybe maybe you'll be the inspiration for the next episode that's all we have for you this episode the next one should be up in two weeks from now or not who knows <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time bye
0: Bye.